What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis. Uh, and Jack is kind of a host. He's like our on-air um, golf specialist today. Um, that was a rough intro, wasn't it? Yeah, and I don't like calling myself a golf specialist. Well, that, well, if you're not the golf specialist, we have another golf specialist here with us today. Yeah. And that's uh, Colin Johnson making his fourth appearance on the show, but his first time as the, as the in-house expert and not a Jeopardy contestant. Sure. So um, welcome, Colin. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on here to actually you know talk a little bit. I just answer questions. I, I love the Jeopardy though, and I can't wait to be a contestant on future shows, but I'm excited to talk some golf. I haven't been on in probably about a year. So True. Right. Um, yeah. So today is our 139th episode. Um, and for forgive me, folks, if you're listening, I, I do. Um, I am a little under the weather. So if, if you hear in my voice, that is the reason why. But um, we're going to power through it here. And we're talking some U.S. Open. Uh, this is, I guess you could say, our preview show for um, starting on Thursday. Uh, and we're here to talk about, um, you know, we, Colin's got a fun tidbit about the course. Um, we have, we're going to be talking some betting, some people we think are, you know, a little overvalued, a little undervalued and maybe some prop bets. And then these guys will be giving, uh, their, their winner predictions. That's a, that's a rough outline for today's show. Um, but I guess we can start, um, with, with, uh, a little bit about the course and uh, it's being played at Torrey Pines. And Colin, what uh, what do you have to say? It's a Torrey Pines, very famous course in San Diego, California. It's a 36-hole municipal course, so it's open to the public. But um, what I read, what I've heard, um, it's not that public. You need to show up at 6 p.m. the following, uh, the previous evening to get a morning tea time the next. It's kind of like Beth Page Black. You have to camp out to play. Wow. It's public. It's 36 holes. They have the North course and the South course. And um, it's actually really neat when they have the farmer's insurance open each year there. It's uh, usually in January, February, early in the year. They, um, they play the South course Thursday, the North course Friday, and then go back to the South for the weekend. But this weekend for the U.S. Open is be all in the South course. But um, yeah, it's playing at 7,698 yards, which is about 200 yards shorter than Kiowa, where they played the PGA. Mm-hmm. So it is long. It's going to favor long hitters. Um, 
apparently they grew the rough out a little bit and they redid a lot of the bunkers. So it's going to be a very different course from all the guys who saw it in 2008 when Tiger beat Rocco Media and that, uh, that playoff a lot of golfers remember that 18-year-old playoff they had to come back for. Right. So yeah, it's a, a lot of history. It's a great course. And um, uh, the golfers love it. Awesome. Yeah, that, that was the last time they're right. 2008, that was the last time they had. Is that what you said? Yeah, that was the last major championship, but they do host the Farmers every year. I think it started in 1968, they started hosting it. And um, so each year at about 7,600 yards, it plays as the longest course um, on the tour. That's not a major each year. A little fun fact. I would not do well there. I don't, I don't, I, I don't hit my driver. I, I, that's, a, that's the reason you wouldn't do well there that's the only reason i'm not a big hitter so i don't <laughs> I think there's a lot of reasons all of us wouldn't do well there but, um, the course was actually designed in 1957 by william bell william bell's father was actually um a very very highly regarded popular golf course architect in like the early like mid 1900s and his son kind of joined the family business in the 50s and tory pines before 1957 was actually used as a u.s army like it's training center. They didn't really specify training, but I'm assuming that's what it was for. And okay. yeah. And so they re after the war, they repurposed it to become a municipal golf course in San Diego. Yeah, these are, these are interesting. I yeah. you did not disappoint with these tidbits. So, oh, and so, um, and, um, so it was redesigned in 2001 by Reese Jones, the South course, the North course was redesigned in 2016. by I think time, Tom Weiskopf, but Reese Jones is a very famous architect. He designed Pioneer's number seven and the Currituck Club in North Carolina, which are obviously very prominent golf courses. Yeah. And he also, he redesigned uh, Atlantic Athletic Club where they just had the Women's US Open. He redesigned Bethpage Black and Eastlake. And a fun little tidbit as for all you local listeners, if you know Talmore Country Club in, uh, ah. in uh, Horsham, Pennsylvania, it's a pretty popular um, private course around here. He designed, he built the um, Talmore Resort Course in North Carolina. Okay. Late 90s. Interesting. Yeah, me, me and Colin were both former members of Talmore, right? You were, or your dad was a member there. Yeah, my dad. Okay. Uh, right, because I remember like our, our membership always included. We could play at that resort course, and I think there was somewhere else too. Yeah, and then there was a, I think, uh, I think it was called York Club or York Country Club in New Jersey. That's yeah. also affiliated with, uh, with Talonwar and Apple Cross Country Club in Downingtown. They're right, all, Apple Cross, yeah. They're all affiliated. Huh. I I played there, Colin. Jack took me to play there once. At Talonwar? You played there. Yes. Right. I don't remember any of it, but I I, I have played there. So well, No, this is, he was, the course he was referencing was their resort What's exactly what I forget? Like the resort course? It's in North Carolina. Yes, he, he yeah. built that. Yeah, I think late 80s, early 90s, sometime late 80s, 90s. Okay. Oh, this, this, cool. Reese, this Reese guy's got, a, got his foot in everything. That's got to be an all-time, like, best job. Like a dream, like just designing golf courses. Oh, I'm sure it's so hard, but it is. True. Yeah, but that's just so cool. That's why I think so many former players get into it. Right. Keeps yeah. them game and it's fun you can make money i've done that in my spare time growing up i would just like draw <laughs> random golf courses and like put all this like weird stuff in it so yeah that, that's definitely a very cool job to have um jack do you have anything i mean colin pretty much said Nothing it all, to compare but... to that no i honestly just i wanted to reference the last u.s open play there as he mentioned uh uh tiger won in a playoff they played that playoff on a monday 
like the next day. U.S. Open is an 18-hole playoff format where they come uh, back. So they come back on Monday and they bo- the top two or whoever's tied play 18 holes. Yeah, it's the only tournament that still does that. Okay. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, he finished at uh, minus one for the tournament. Only golfer uh, subpar. Um, I tried to find past results or more recent like results of uh, tournaments played at Torrey Pines just to see. And I wanted to compare like what the odds are if I could find any on um, like the winner's finish, but I was unsuccessful in that. So I'm sorry to disappoint. What was I going to say? I was going to say something. Yeah, that, that's definitely interesting. And oh, okay. I remember. I was going to ask if anyone had any word on the weather. I was actually just thinking about that because it's, it literally is just yards from the Pacific coast. So if that, if we get some bad weather, that wind comes kicking in. It's a whole different golf course, depending on the day. I'll check right now. San Diego, right? One of the one of the biggest knocks on Torrey Pines, though, is that how it's built right on the Pacific coast. But none of the holes really border the coast to the point where, like, you can run into trouble. If you hit it way right, like, it's not like Pebble Beach, where if you pull it, you're going onto the beach. Like, you can barely see the beach from Torrey Pines. Okay, on Thursday, no rain. Low winds, like four miles an hour. Same on Friday. Same on Saturday. Looks like slightly higher on Sunday. It says it gets up to 10 mile an hour per winds, but pretty much, yeah, consistent, like fine weather the whole way. All four days, looks like. Watch me just be completely wrong. It's just like awful. What's your weather source? Um... Google the first golfweather.com. Hmm. Seems reliable. Yeah, kind of go back to like the scoring thing. Yeah. Tiger was minus one when he won the um when he won the US Open. Yeah, in 08. The past five winners of the Farmer Insurance Open have all been 10 under or more. Wow. Okay. And a little fun tidbit. Um, so the last US six US Open winners have all been to the United States. But only two of the last seven winners at Torrey Pines have been a U.S. players. The other five have been international. Hmm. Two from Australia, Jason Day and Mark Leishman. So, uh, conflicting, conflicting trends. It's a clash of two themes. Okay. Hmm. All right. So I guess that can transition us into um, a little bit on the sports betting side of things. Um, just by looking at the odds here, I'm looking at DraftKings. I don't know if you guys are looking at anything specific, um, but who do you think is a little bit overvalued and a little bit undervalued in terms of, uh, I guess, winner odds or top 10, top five, or what? just anything you guys want to add on that front? Yeah, uh, I'll start. So I'm on the, uh, I'm on the Barstool Sportsbook, so I'm looking at that. And obviously the uh, favorite coming out of the gate, so let's say right now, John Rahm plus 1,000. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously great value he's been playing great this year he had won a memorial last year and was looking to do it again this year obviously we all saw that on saturday when he got pulled off the 18th green right i just think he has been has so much in his head so much going on these last week he had to quarantine for what eight nine days yeah I think there's a lot going on in his life right now yeah I, and he's had what, his kid is what three months old yeah I just don't see him having the focus to right after all the controversy. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I wrote that down. Yeah. 
And then my next one is um, Xander Shoffley. He's a, he's a, a lot of people love Xander Shoffley this week, and there's a lot of reasons to. He's from San Diego. He went to San Diego State. He's very familiar. I only went for one year, I think. But he's very familiar with the area. But I'm just not taking a guy who doesn't – who's just – with. I mean, I'm not taking a guy with those good of odds who's never won a U.S. Open. True. I don't think – could- What are his odds on Barcel? Plus fourteen hundred. Okay, he's similar on DraftKings. He's plus fifteen hundred. Yeah, he's the fifth or fourth guy listed, tied yeah. for second. Yeah. Yeah, for a guy who's never won on the in the U.S. Open and just doesn't have a history of finishing, and he's not the longest hitter on such a long course. Right. I, very overvalued. He's small. He's a small guy, isn't he? He's like five. They list him at five ten, but I don't buy it. Yeah, I feel like he. Yeah, that uh. What was that tournament? The recent Masters is that that uh, shot he had. What was it on fifteen? The one where like he was kind of in contention, and that that's what blew it for him. Yeah, I took him right out of it. Right. Yeah, he just seemed he for some reason I just remember that moment. I was I he just seemed smaller than I remembered. Um, <laughs> sorry, Xander, making funny making fun of your size. Um, Short I'll uh, I'll go with mine. I um. Wait, now it looks like it's okay. I am on DraftKings. I see Rory at the second best odds at plus twelve hundred. Yeah. No. Oh no, no, that's the open championship. My mistake. Okay. But still, isn't Rory's Rory is seventh. still yeah, still a little too high. I don't think he should have the seventh best odds. Um he's been inconsistent, miscut at the players. Missed cut at the Masters. He won the Wells Fargo, and then 49th at the PGA, and then 18th at the Memorial like or two weeks ago. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like Rory hasn't. I mean, yeah, he's won the Wells Fargo, but in these majors, I feel like he hasn't done much. I think in tw- last year's Masters, he had a top 10 finish. I can't recall. Like I don't know. He just seems like it's just the. He, he since he's Rory McIlroy, that's why he's seventh best odds. I think that's overvalued in my opinion. Oh, no, I what was the? It was the last time you. It was the twenty sixteen. Was the last time he won a major. Let's yeah. see. He won two. I, no, I think twenty fourteen. He won because he won the two thousand twelve U.S. Open, two thousand twelve PGA, twenty fourteen PGA, and then his Open Championship was fourteen or fifteen, but I want to say fourteen. When he won at uh, Royal Liverpool. He has not won a major since 2014. Okay, so Valhalla was his last. When he won in the dark. Yeah. Phil was upset that they, they played up. Right. Okay. That's one of my favorite tournaments to go back and watch. When they, whenever they had the um, like golf's greatest rounds, I watched that all the way through. What, which one was it in 2014? 14 PGA Championship at Valhalla. Okay. Such a great tournament. 2014 was the year that Ricky was top five in every one, but didn't win, right? Yep, exactly. Right. Yeah, let's talk about Ricky not not pl- not in this. <sighs> yeah, did you see Phil like tweeted out saying, um, "I'd like to give my U.S. Open exemption that I don't need anymore to Ricky Fowler." <laughs> That's crazy. A guy who was the number one amateur in the world, you know, Walker Cup, Ryder Cup. He got he won that um, in dramatic fashion against the players. I think he beat Kevin Kisner and one other guy in a three hole playoff. I mean, for, he just made so many swing changes throughout the year. I think he's tried to hit it further and longer because he's only five eight. 
Yeah. So love these guys. And if you're that small and you can't pound it like Brooks and Scotty Scheffler, you got to putt. And Ricky's right. been notorious for not putting. <laughs> right. It's just weird. He's not in it. That's funny. For TJ's sake. Sorry, TJ. So do you want to get into some sleepers? Yes. Yeah. Before we do that, and maybe this guy is on your sleepers list. I'm not sure, but uh, I do have a bet with my father um, regarding uh, Colin Morikawa. So I want to get your quick thoughts on oh, him. Yeah, I forgot about I this. I wish you didn't bring that up because I love Colin Morikawa this week. I mean, well, that's that's perfect. That's what I want to hear. I, I'm on. I'm on his side. Just okay. for the yeah. Record, what was so. what was the bet? I forget. Well, I feel like I've said it before on the podcast, but I will I will um, say it again for Colin and anyone else who hasn't heard this before. But so he won. What was it? Two years? No, last year, right? Last year, yeah. Right. So whenever he won, yeah, I got. So you know, very young golfer. You know, he's very talented, and by all indications, like could definitely win multiple majors throughout his career. And I knew this. I'm like, wow, he's, he's really up and coming. I'm like, dad, you got to watch out for that guy. And, and he's like, eh, we'll never hear from this guy ever again. I think he just said it in passing or something like that. Cause my dad, he, he loves golf and everything, but like, he doesn't, he's not really net up necessarily up and up on like the new golfers and everything like that. So I'm like, we will definitely hear from this guy again. He's 24 or however old he is. And like, he's really talented. And then, so we just bet 20 bucks that, and if he wins again, I get 20 bucks. And for, for ma- me to- another major, another major. Yeah. Have you guys had uh, Mr. Manis on this pod? It's been a while, but he's been on, I think three times. Recurring guest. Yeah. Yes. Recurring guest. My thing with Morikawa this week is not only does he have a great name and share a great first name, uh, <laughs> plus on the ice on Barstool, he's plus 2,500. So it's like eight to 10 top finishers but obviously like i've been saying it's gonna be a long course but they've grown the rough out like crazy and they, yes. re- they replace some bunkers so i think you know obviously the like bryson's gonna go out there and drive it 360 but who knows that who knows where it's going right. Colin he's gonna keep it in the fairway and he, he's gonna keep it out of the wind even if there we don't even, it sounds like there isn't gonna be much wind but he's right. not i have a ball hitter and he's, he's from cal he went to cal so he's familiar with the area. And um, another, speaking of Cal, another guy I really like, uh, I think I'm going to take him at definitely plus top 30 and maybe even to win, is uh, his college teammate, Max Homa. Another guy, not the longest hitter, but he's familiar with the area. He's going to keep it out of the wind. He's going to keep it out of the rough. And he, I forget what his, I forget what his last win was, but it was pretty recent. And he's just a, he's a consistent golfer. He's on the leaderboard every week. Uh, I forget what his odds are right now, somewhere around plus 4,000. But I think he's or what? Uh, Max Homa to win on DraftKings, he's 100 to 1 to win. Oh, geez, yeah, that's that's a great, I think that's a yeah, good it's plus 10,000, right? Top 30, he's 16 to 1, top 40, he's 7 to 1. Okay, I really like the top 30 there. Sorry, 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 that's 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 wrong. Top five, 16 to one, top 10, seven to one. I read the wrong thing. Okay. But top 30, if I can find it, he's he's still plus. I mean, top 30 is, you know, that's that's definitely attainable. How many people are in this field? 100. What? I'm not 100% sure. 
well, 60 are making the cut. Yeah. Okay, so 120. Yeah. Okay, so he's got a 25% chance of making the top 30, roughly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's, he's plus money for that. So, I mean, all he's got to do is make the cut and play decently well on the weekend. He's plus 163. So. And he's played great all year. Right. So, I mean – yeah, I mean, if, if he was 16 to 1 to be top 30, that would be ridiculous. So um, I read the wrong thing. My mistake. But yeah, that's um, it's definitely good. Um, Jack, do you, sorry, go ahead. I'll say while we're on the topic of a plus, like a top 30s, uh, one guy you can really make some money on top 30 this week is Cole Hammer. I think he's 20, he's 22 at the University of Texas. He was the one who uh, qualified for Chambers Bay in 2015 when he was 15 years old. Right. So I think he, he um, just finished up his senior year at Texas. He's just another – he can hit the – for a guy who's maybe 5'11", he can hit the ball a long way. He's – I think he's the best putter who's come out of the tour since Jordan Spieth. And he's just such a – he's so calm, cool, and collected for such a young age. And I mean, you saw him at the U.S. Open 2015. He almost shot par like both days as the 15-year-old at one of the longest golf courses in championship history. So he's proven he can do well in long courses. Very nice. Yeah. Um, Jack, what do you, what do you got? Uh, I just got two here. Um, I wrote down Zalatoris. Um, his odds are plus to win it all for six fifty. Um, he's around guys like answer Abraham answer, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Webb Simpson, Daniel Berger. I just thought that, I mean, maybe I'm just going like in my head, I, I'm envisioning him watching him play the Masters too much, but I just felt like those odds were worse than I thought they'd be. He had obviously a second place finish at the Masters, eighth at the PGA. Um, with the tournaments in between there, he's finished 42nd, missed the cut 17th to 59th. So maybe it seems like he he's going to rise to the occasion at a major again and put up another top 10 finish. I actually, I should look at what he's at for like top 10. I have it right here. Zalatoris, Zalatoris, Zalatoris. Oh no. He's plus 350 to go top 10. I feel like that. And just going off the pat, the major so far this year. I don't know. That could be a good, good wager. I also wrote down uh, Tony Finau. Now I thought that his, the first site I looked at, I thought he was at plus 4,000 to win it all. But I check now on DraftKings, he's plus 2,200. Um, so he's going, he still hasn't won, he hasn't won a major. Uh, he, but his last five results at Torrey Pines this year, he finished uh, tied for second, 2020, sixth, 2019, 13th, 20, 2018. 6 17 uh 2017 tied for fourth so it seems like he he's always in the mix of tory pines um hungrier than ever to win a major uh plus 2200 is uh i don't know maybe the value is not there but i just kind of like finau for this tournament yeah if i learned one thing from betting on tony finau these past two years is don't but <laughs> Uh, when there's going off his track record, I didn't know he had was so successful at Torrey Pines. So that yeah. uh, changed my mind a little bit. Uh, one guy, maybe, wanna... maybe not to win, but maybe if you want to do a top 10 or. Yeah, that might um, be better value. And then, right. 
going back to Zalatoris, he uh, obviously he kind of stole everyone's hearts with the Masters. And with, how could you now with that long, luscious blonde hair? Oh, of course. What a dude. <laughs> you know, he struggled a little bit since the Masters. And, uh, but, like, I, I do like him because he's a lot like the guys I was talking about, Morikawa and Homa. You know, they're not going to bomb a pass. Yeah. But they're probably going to stay out of this rough. Because this rough, unless you're Bryson and you have that swing speed, just to advance the ball out of that rough is going to be so hard. Like, you're going to see so many people just chipping back into the fairway, like we saw last year at Wingfoot. Yeah, I saw a video on Twitter of this rough it was a i was it was a video of a uh, of of xander shoffley uh hitting out of the rough just i don't know in a because of practice round this week and it was it was thick like he he gave he gave a pretty hard swing and like his club head like barely got through it oh i believe it. he's other guys like i said they listen to 510 he's not it's gonna be <laughs> develop enough swing speed to get it out of that rough and that's right. why i don't know why he's plus what uh Was he plus to win? He's the fourth or tied for second favorite. Tied yeah, by plus 1500 on DraftKings, but he was better odds on yours, oh, I thought, yeah, on Barstool. 1400 on Barstool. Yeah, yeah. Um, one guy I want to talk about is the last person to win at Torrey Pines just not long ago in I think January, Patrick Reed. Okay. So Reed right now on the Barstool Sportsbook is plus 2200, plus 2500 on DraftKings. Okay, yeah, I see it. 2,500, I like that value a lot better. I don't like 2,200. It's not a huge difference, you know, especially with the money I bet. But um, right. yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know about him. He, I mean, he, he plays great at Augusta, but I feel like he doesn't do too much in the, the majors besides when he's at Augusta. Right. He's also just not a likable guy. <laughs> yeah, I, that's why I can't wait to get into the whole Bryson Brooks thing. True. Why don't we just get into that now? Okay, is that okay. okay? Is that okay, Mitchell, as our host? Yeah. No, we, we just have a couple more things to say, but we can definitely talk about this now. Um, obviously, Brooks Kepka and Brayson DeChambeau have been a top storyline, maybe not, if not the top storyline in golf this year. Uh, you could say how they're um, they don't they're not too fond of each other, but um, well, <laughs> I also saw I got an alert as well that. I don't know if it's true, but Bryson didn't like rejected playing with Brooks in this. Did you guys see that? Uh, I don't, he didn't reject. I think there were just rumors that the USA was going to uh, pair them together. And not long ago, Bryson's agent came out and said that was not true. Okay. okay maybe that's what I saw then. I feel like, well, for, we, uh, everyone wants to see that pairing, but I feel like the U like USGA or like whoever creates these groups, like I feel like for some reason they may not want to like it would like ruin the integrity of golf as like being a gentleman's game, like having this rivalry in the same group. But like obviously you want to see it. That'd be so that'd be that'd be so fun to see. I'd love to see them together, but I want to see it done naturally. I want to see them at the top of the leaderboard. True. After Saturday evening, going into Sunday night. I don't want to I don't want an artificial pairing. I want them True. It needs street. to be it needs to be destiny. Yes. Exactly. And I thought that Patrick was such a great segue because for so long Patrick Reed was the villain in golf. And yeah. I think now not anymore. There's a new it's, villain coming in. Yeah, definitely. I want to hear your guys' thoughts because I'm I don't tweet a lot, but I'm pretty active on Twitter, especially in golf. And it's almost split. Like who's the villain? You get the younger generation, you know, who they love Brooks and they hate Bryson. And then you have all like, you know, the old golf purists 
who last year were upset with Bryson with all like the, with everything he was doing with like the, you know, his giant driver and the weird swing. And now they're all defending Bryson kind of make, I don't, sense. yeah, I don't get that. I've always hated Bryson. Maybe it's just because I fall on that demographic that you're describing of the younger generation of golf fan. But like when I hated him, what started my hatred for Bryson DeChambeau was in 2015 at Chambers Bay when he, he was just an amateur then, I think. Yes. And he, in that, uh, he would, what he finished, like he was up there, right? He did have a good stretch. Yeah. Uh, but he, like after the, uh, the tournament, he like said it was, what was a stupid comment? It was something like, like the USJ should be ashamed of themselves for picking a course like this or something like that. Like something that really rubbed me the wrong way. And I think like everyone didn't like it and it was just really stupid. Him and Billy Horschel were definitely the most outspoken about their hatred for Chambers Bay. Billy Horschel, right? So, I mean, he had some just some really weird putts and he'd make the cut. But Bryson, he got a, I mean, he was an amateur, but if it was a ref, he would have made a nice chunk of change in that week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're an amateur too. Like you have no credibility to speak yet about, about like what, what courses they're selecting. So, my question for you guys is do you guys think Brooks lives more rent free in Bryson's head or Bryson lives more rent free in Brooks's head? The 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 former, as in Brooks is in Bryson's head. It does go a little bit of both, I feel like. But if I had to pick one, I'd probably say um, Br- Bryson is Br- Brooks. Sorry, it's confusing. Brooks lives in Bryson's head, rent free. That's what I would say, and it's probably because I'm I love Brooks Kepka, and I'm on the Brooks Brooks Kepka side of this. But also, like, I mean, uh, it was in co- in conjunction with part of my take how they like fans at the was it the memorial last week or whatever tournament, like they were young, uh, nice shot Brooksy, and then Bryson had them kicked out of the tournament. Like that that kind of tells you that that Bryson is not not fond of Brooks and these antics. Yeah, I uh, I think I've been outspoken that I'm not a Bryson Duchambeau fan. I mean, not. I think his hat is ridiculous and his clubs are ridiculous. Yeah, I hate the hat. <laughs> spikes are ridiculous. But I really grew a dislike for him. I kind of liked him at SMU. I thought he was different, but it was cool. He won the individual men's championship at SMU in 2015, I believe, or 2016. Okay. 2015. And then um, last year when the camera guy was, in his, was like following him and told him to stop following him when that's the cameraman's job, and he tried to get relief from an ant farm. And then I forget what tournament was this year. Remember he drove it over a fence and tried to go hop the fence and hit it. <laughs> um, that's not yeah. a part of the course. That is out of bounds. He said, but I can just climb the fence, right? <laughs> no, it's not that's fair. So stupid. Yeah, but um, I I agree. Uh, Brooks does live rent free in Bryson's head, but I I'd say it's almost equal. I would because if Brooks was getting interviewed after Kiowa and. Bryce was getting interviewed after Kiwa and Brooks walked by. I don't think Brooks would have stopped the interview with that much disgust and frustration. Right. Yeah. But I think Brooks needs this. I think he needs this little rivalry because as golf fans know, Brooks Kepka is does not he's not known for loving golf. He's not like Tiger or Rory who are in the gym on the range every day, five in the morning. So I think he almost needs something like just in the rear view to kind of just keep him going, keep him competitive. Right. I was actually funny. You said that I was, I mean, I mentioned part of my take. I was out today. I was rewatching uh, an interview there. One of their first interviews with Brooks in like 2019. 
um, where they talked about his comment, like he like he just uh, well something like he like we need to make golf more fun and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree with you that this is. I feel like this rivalry is making it more fun for him. <laughs> um, similar, I, I try to look into like is he fully healthy? Like he's been dealing with injury the past few weeks. I try to look into like if what his status is, but it was only articles that were prior to the PGA championship. So maybe I should have looked on Twitter, but I don't, do you know anything about like what his status is? His knee's still bothering him. I think you're still going to see him when he's reading putts. He's going to bend down with his left leg and stick his right leg out, like erect outwards. Okay. And I was talking to my dad, my dad's a big golf fan. We were talking about this. I think he should play the U S open, you know, go for it. Cause he's so great in, in, um, in the majors. Like he, I don't know. I don't even know how many times he saw Kiowa before he went out there and he was tied for second with Louis Eustazen. So I think he should just play the U S open and then just call it quits for the year. Maybe get surgery on that knee, get healthy and just come back next year. Yeah. No, that'd be, yeah, that'd be a good idea for him. Just, I guess he's just leaving a lot of money on the table, not playing in tournaments, but I mean, guy has more money than God. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. He was uh, so he was having a good time at the uh, Paul Mayweather fight. <laughs> I didn't I didn't see any, see him there. You guys have anything uh, else about Brooks or Bryson? Uh, I don't. Oh yeah. So I guess DraftKings is uh, what's it called? Brooks versus Bryson versus Brooks odd odds boost. I'll just I'll just read off the terms if anyone's interested. It's just betting either golfer to have a better tournament than the other. Um, I guess if you bet whatever one you bet on, it's plus one ten. They boosted it to. Um, I guess that's pretty much it. Yeah, max bet of twenty five dollars. So I think I'm, I may throw something small on, on Brooks. Maybe maybe a fiver. I don't know. My last thing about uh, for Bryson is what's he plus twelve hundred to win, and he's a second favorite behind Rom, at least on the Barstool Sportsbook. Yeah, I just think obviously he won at Winged Foot last year, which is. Um, kind of similar to Tory Pines in that has really thick rough and you don't want to go in it but he's not driving the ball nearly as straight as he was last year I think he's going to find himself in a lot of trouble I think he's going to find himself in a lot of these bunkers that they moved more into play and yeah and since the, yeah. I think the safe way I want to say when he what'd you say I think it was the safe way or the earlier in the year when he won he was putting great and he has not putted well since since his win earlier in the year. I think it was in March. I'm going to check that real quick. While Jack's looking that up, um, speaking of injuries with Brooks, Matt Wolf is making his comeback this week. I think he had, I think it was his wrist, but he was a heavy betting favorite in last year's U.S. Open. Yeah, I remember that. The guy no one's talked about this year is because of that injury. I don't, I just want to, I don't see him doing anything this week. Yeah, Matt, Matt Wolf. Um, yeah, so I guess we can we can transition here. I wanted to um, bring up some tournament prop bets. I've got some really fun ones here on DraftKings. I don't know if Barstool, Bar I, I assume, definitely has some fun ones because they always come up with something creative there. Yeah. But uh, DraftKings, let's see. They've got top lefty. Top player by college. Will there be an albatross? Oh, that albatross one was like plus fourteen hundred, or what was it? Plus fourteen thousand for yes. 
It's, it goes a lot. 1,400, not 1,000. It's okay, 14 yeah. to 1. The second hole's drivable, so we may see our first hole-in-one on a par 4, and whoever knows how, how long ago. Okay. I think the second hole is playing like 350. It's not playing long at all. And then 18, the par five is usually the 18 handicap. So there'll be a lot of guys going for the green in two. Hmm. So what do you think? Will there be an albatross? What are the odds? It's plus 1400. 14 to, four, 14 to one for 14 yes. 14 to one. Uh, I'm going to say no. Okay. But I really, I'm really interested in that college bit because I'm really into college golf. Top, well, they only have two colleges listed, but the top former Arizona State player and the top former Texas player. Oh, well, I have, I have, I'll, I can talk about that when we get for, Ar- for Arizona State. It's John Rom at minus 120 is the favorites. And then Paul Casey is next at plus 30, 335. Didn't Phil go to Arizona State? He's not got any love there. He's plus. He's he's next. He did yeah, go to Arizona State. Yeah. He's he's plus five hundred. He's third. We get into our favorites. I can talk about Texas or who we want to win. I can talk about Texas a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, for Texas, it's just they have Jordan Spieth, Scotty Scheffler, um, Jonathan Vegas, and uh, Dylan Fratelli. Okay, speaking of Johnny Vegas, uh, it's on Barstool. You can bet. Um, you know, you can just bet like who's best score uh, first round between two players. It's Johnny Vegas, and he has a weird name. I can't remember, but he's I think he's Australian or Great Britain, but he just won the European Open uh, last week. It's like basically the European U.S. Open, and he's matched up against Johnny Vegas, and he's not favored to win. So if you see that, I I, I would sh- shy away from Johnny Vegas and go with the guy with the hot hand. Very nice. That's a good name. How do you spell that? Jonathan Vegas, J H. O N A T T A N Vegas. Like V E G A S? Yep. It's like it's kind of it's spelled like Jonathan, but it's John. He's from um he's from Venezuela. Oh, okay. Johnny Vegas. That's just a cool name. Um well, got, well, what were you gonna say about Texas? Oh, I, I'll get into that. Um my uh my favorite who I think my dark horse is from Texas. Okay. So, I guess I'll get into that right now. Um, sure. So Scotty Scheffler, baby, plus 3,300, 3,300. He has yet to win on the PGA Tour. I tried to find how many top tens he had right before his podcast, but the PGA Tour website wouldn't load. But he's been in contention almost every week. He was just there in the Memorial, hits the ball a long way. And he, if he keeps that ball in the fairway, like I was saying, like a lot of long hitters, some of them are going to have trouble getting into the rough. Scotty Scheffler, he's hungry. Not only has he not won a major, he's never won a PGA Tour event. He bombs the ball. He was a highly rated junior, highly rated. I remember watching him in the U.S. Junior Amateur like six years ago when I was on TV. I forget what course that was. But I've, I've been following him since, since Texas. He's just a cool guy. He's no nonsense, no frills. Hits the ball a long way. He's a great putter. That's what we like. And then, like, I, so I like, I like him as my dark horse to win. And I was just talking about Cole Hammer, the, the recent Texas Longhorn graduate and plus he's plus fifty thousand to win so uh no i'm, I'm staying far away from that but plus <laughs> seven, there's top 30 i think could be you can make some money on that i like that. wait 
You said 50,000? 50, 50, for Cole Hammer. Okay, yeah, he's 600, yeah, 600 to one for on uh, DraftKings. So. And then Scotty at plus, plus 3,300. I think it's a great value pick. For someone who's just been in, in the contention all year, it's the ball a long way. Hmm. I am steering towards the shorter, straighter hitters, but he is the one guy I just have trust in. And I, I swear every week I think about betting him that I don't, he gets a top five. Yeah, don't uh, – if he, if he does well and you don't, you're going to regret it. True. Jack, who's your uh, dark horse to win? <laughs> I really – I don't know. I had a tough time choosing one. Um I don't, I don't really have much reason behind it, but I'm just going to go with Brandon Grace. He's around, I think he's a, yeah, he's the same Oz as Vegas we were just talking about. Um, he's had a good uh, tournament. It's coming off, it was a top five, or top, yeah, he finished fourth at the Memorial. Um, I don't know. I really don't have much reason behind it. I just saw he was, he's at plus 14,000 on DraftKings. Um, thought that was kind of low. What do you, what do you think about Brandon Grace? He's another guy who's always in the mix at majors. Right. I don't care for him much unless it's the majors. I think partly because he probably plays in South Africa and the European tour a little bit more now. True. But he, he's he's interesting because he's not a long hitter. He's not a you – know, 10 years ago he was considered a long hitter, but now with these young 6'3", six, 6'4", six, dudes coming out of college. True. Like a lot of the guys I'm talking about, he's consistent, he keeps the ball in play, and he's a decent putter. Right. He's, an, he's an international guy, and so he could break that six-year skid of international players taking home the U.S. Open trophy. True. One that, was of, a great, that was a great trend that you brought up, the two conflicting trends. Yeah. It's interesting, I think. Um, I So do you guys have the group of five bets on DraftKings? Group of five? What do you mean? What's that? Five players, and you bet uh, – you could pick who's going to finish the best out of the top five. Oh, I've heard of those. I don't think that's on DraftKings, though. Well, one for all my people on Barstool, I, I, when I said I love, I wrote that I love it. So, group of five Matt Fitzpatrick, Cameron Smith, Phil, Justin Rose, and Gary Woodland. Fitzpatrick's the favorite at plus 275, then Smith at plus 300, and then Phil, Rose, and Gary are all plus 350. Okay. So, Justin Rose, he won at Torrey Pines in 2019 at, at a record minus 21 under par so it's a guy he loves the u.s open he won at mary in 2013 so he, he loves the long rough right right shooting you said tiger shot one under at tory pines in 2008 in 08 yeah it's a pretty different course he got to play the north course for a day but it can't be that much of a difference maybe a disadvantage of anything because you're not familiar with the course right you're 21 under and to be and have the third worst odds of that group i think that's a great value pick and then gary Woodland also plus 350 you know, um, former U.S. – I don't know which U.S. Open, but former U.S. Open champion. And he's struggled this year, but he's starting to come on at, at the end. Another guy hits the ball a long way, but he's much straighter than Bryson and DJ and those guys. Yeah. So if he can find his putter, that plus 350, I, I do not like Cameron Smith. I don't, do not like Matt Fitzpatrick. Phil's a great nostalgia pick after coming off the PGA and just right. the career grand slam. But I don't know. But Rose and Woodland at plus 350. I think you can go with either of those guys and not go wrong. Yeah, Woodland won in 2019. 19, right. Okay. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense now that you're walking us through it here. Um, that's an interesting 
that's on Barstool, but um, I kind of like that. I mean, I they, do they just do they just pick five random people and pair them together? Is that how that works? Yep. Okay. Well, are that's there cool. there's only one, or they have a, a couple group of fives? Yeah, how many are there? There's like three right now. It's kind of like they have like those are like the DJ and JT and Ron. They'll put all the studs in one, and then more okay. like, like the younger guys with like Zal Taurus and all them. And like yeah. And then this one's kind of like the more third tier group. Okay, that's cool. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. All right. Um, well, I don't really have much else to say. Uh, who I want to have your official winner prediction, though. I know you th- you both have thrown a couple of dark horses out there, but who are you? Uh, balls to the walls, picking to win it all. Man, I need Colin to go first because I, I don't know. I was going back and forth. I got to decide real quick. Okay, um, I don't think my pick is going to be the most popular pick this week, but Mitchell, I'm kind of riding you. I like Colin Morikawa. That was one of mine. Okay, that would be that'd be awesome. So my twenty bucks. He's such a great putter. He lost in that one hole playoff um, against Patrick Cantlay at the Memorial two weeks ago. That I'm sure he's still thinking about. He's in his hometown. He won the last major championship in California at Harding Park last year, probably around this time last year. And he's just such a just cool. He's calm. He's collected. He's not going to be chipping out of the rough too much because he hits it so straight. And his putter wasn't great at Memorial, and I'm sure he's just been working on that like crazy last two weeks. I'm sure that putt that he what do you knock it like three feet by on the left to tie Cantlay. I think it's still in the back of his brain. He's coming in hot. He didn't have a great start to the year. He's catching fire at the right time. And I, I think he probably knows the course. He knows that he knows the, the, the grass. It's called Kahlua. It's a weird grass. It's kind of home to California. But I just, I don't know. Everyone's taking the long hitters this week. I think they're going to find trouble in the rough. I think Morikawa, he's just going to come in. He's going to play consistent golf. He's going to make putts. He's going to keep the ball in the fairways and keep the ball out of the wind. I like plus more, Kyle Morikawa plus, plus 2,500. And if you don't pick him to finish top 30, then you are crazy. Yeah, I hate to be repetitive, but I'm I'm gonna stick with my gut. I'm gonna go with Morikawa. Man, if he doesn't win, that's a big letdown on the hogline front. But um, for all the reasons Colin just said, definitely it gives me more confidence in picking him. Um, he finished second last week or two weeks ago at the Memorial. Um, he's been in the mix like the PGA top ten finish, the tournament prior to that a top. He finished seventh. In between there, for like fourteenth. I mean. It's 14th, whatever, but not not a lot of like high finish or like poor finishes. Um, another win. He's got he won. That's a small one earlier in February. Um, but yeah, just uh, we talked about him this prior, or like previously. Just he's a for all the reasons why my dad bet against him. Just he's a uh, a young up and coming golfer. I feel like he's just too good. He's gonna stay in the mix for a little bit now. Um, yeah, let's ride with Morikawa. Hopefully he continues that winning streak of U.S. players at the U.S. Open. Make it sure. sad. That would be the best 20 bucks I've ever earned. Um, well, Jack, who was the other person you were debating between? Just so we have a, potentially another name we can hitch our wagon to. Um, I wanted to, I mentioned him too earlier. I wanted to go with Finau just because of um, his track record at Torrey Pines the past was it five years, five, yeah, five years he's played there. Um, and also, I mean, this really does not mean anything, but um, 
just because Hideki was searching for his major for a while and he finally got his, I maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's something out there. A higher, a higher power is calling for another, another guy to finally get his major. So that was my, that was my other one. Just kind of like a gut, a gut pick. What is he doing? Anyone has it pulled up? He's at plus 2,200. Which I thought was like our, the article I read, and maybe he's as on DraftKings the plus two twenty two hundred. Maybe on other sports books you may find him at better odds. So if you're interested in Finau, look, make sure you check across all sports books and all the odds. But plus twenty two hundred, what I see right now. Yeah, always make sure to shop the line across various sports books. True. Um, in order to get your best value, so be sure to do that. Yeah, there's no one so. We also named Morikawa, and then I think me and Jack both took two really hungry guys in Finau and Scheffler as kind of our backups. True. So kind of a similar trend. There you go. All right. Well, I'm excited to watch. Um, it's, always, it's always fun to watch on Father's Day with your dad. Um, so I, I, I'm very, lo- very much looking forward to that. And it um, should be a very good tournament and a very good Sunday. So um, we will see how it plays out. Thank you so much, Colin. You came very prepared, and uh, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. Awesome tidbits. Thank you so much. I, I had so much fun. <laughs> right. I think um, way back in the, in when we were going to have you as our college football expert, but I was going to be the I don't know. XFL. Mm-hmm. I was going to do XFL. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know Kevin is kind of our resident golf guy, but I mean, you, you, you may have to co-share that title to be honest. Cause you True. just, you, you came with, um, with everything. You came guns a blazing today. You actually had much time to prepare. Cause I just flew in last night and That's right. visited, but yeah, felt, felt good. And it, I, I do love college football. So if you want to bring me on in August, I'd love to, we should love to talk about that. Perfect. All right. Well, sounds good um enjoy the tournament and uh yeah again thank you for coming on it, it was great oh no, thank you so much for having me i can't wait to come back on yeah love the pod all right folks thank you for listening um be sure to follow us on instagram at hogline podcast and um we will catch you next week um, with another episode see you